Just think about that. He said, if you will only trust me, if you will only trust me, Father God, we honor you in this house. We bless your holy name. There's none like you. And God, as we've assembled together this appointed time, God, I thank you that your word is going to go forth. God, speak through me in this house on today. A word that will transform, that will change. God, that a word, a word that will take us deeper into you, a deeper understanding of you. We thank you, God, that your word does not return void, but accomplishes every task for which it's sent. God, so for the purpose and the destiny that goes forth on today, we give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We bless the Lord on today and thank God for what he is doing in our midst. Um, we honor Bishop Jackson in his absence. Amen. He's in Washington, but he's coming back. Amen. Amen. But um, I believe there is a word from the Lord. Um, Amen. And if you have not gotten Bishop's message from two Sundays or the last two messages, please get those. Um, I listened to it on my way out of town uh, Friday. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, if the body of Christ could get a full grasp, amen, of what God has done, what God is saying. Amen. We would literally turn the world upside down. Amen. Psalm 138, verse 8. It says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Amen. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Amen. This morning, for a thought, we'd like to use valuing. The rest of God. Valuing the rest of God. And as we were in worship this morning. Amen. A word came to mind. Amen. That word is epiphany. Amen. I know what it means. But I wanted to look it up so I could share it with you. Um, those of you who are familiar with Christian feasts. It's a feast that's celebrated on January 6th celebrates the manifestation of the divine nature of Jesus to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi. It also means a revelatory manifestation. A, revel a revelatory manifestation of a divine being. 
And then the third definition is a sudden manifestation of the essence or meaning of something. A sudden manifestation of the essence or meaning of something. And part B of that definition is a comprehension or perception of reality by means of a sudden intuitive realization. I like that third definition, a sudden manifestation of the essence or meaning of something, a comprehension or perception of reality by means of a sudden intuitive realization. Another, another definition uh, used the word illumination. Gave an example of a light going off. Amen? Amen. And, and sometimes that's how we receive God's word, isn't it? Amen. As if a light has gone off. Amen. We, we did not have comprehension before. We did not have understanding before. But now all of a sudden there's a, there's a realization, there's a revelatory understanding that comes with the word that has gone forth. Amen. This definition uses an example that says, I experienced an epiphany. A spiritual flash that would change the way I viewed myself. I experienced an epiphany. A spiritual flash that will change the way I view myself. Amen. Amen. Some of us need to change the way we view ourselves. Amen. And I believe that's the word that God has been speaking in this house. A word to get us to change the way that we view ourselves. I mean, how do you know that there is something wrong at times with the way that we view ourselves? Amen. There's something wrong with the way that we view ourselves. Amen. And we've got to begin to view ourselves in the same light that God views us. Amen. Now, how does God see us? God sees us. As, as if we are Christ, amen? When God sees us, he sees Christ. But God also sees us as a finished work, amen? Amen, how many of you see yourselves as a finished work? Amen, how many of us in here see ourselves, amen, as a finished work? In other words, there's nothing else, amen, that has to be done for me, amen? There's nothing else that has to be done to me. There's nothing else that has to be done around me. I am a finished work. How many of you see yourselves like that? Huh? Or how many of you see yourselves as there are some more things that need to happen? Huh? Something, something's not right. Something's gone awry with this situation. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not where God says I'm to be. There, there's something doesn't look right with this picture. Amen. Because whenever you see yourself as a finished work, you, you, you carry yourself differently, don't you? How you talk different. You look different. Amen. You pay attention to different things. Amen. Well, God wants to share a word with us to help us to begin to see ourselves as a finished work that he says we are. Amen. And in order for that to happen, we've got to change the way we think. Amen. Somebody say, change the way I think. Amen. Amen. I've got to change the way I think. There are some situations I'm in that are affecting my thinking. There are some circumstances that are going on that are affecting how I think. There are some things going on in my body 
that are affecting how I think. There are some things that people are telling me that are affecting how I think. There are some things that I'm hearing that are in direct contradiction to what God has told me that are affecting how I think. And the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Somebody say, change your thinking. I've got to change my thinking. And, and, and I was speaking with Elder Hoskins uh, in the office, and, and, and I, I was talking about this word that has gone, gone forth. And one of the things that we have to realize, one of the things that we have to understand when it comes to changing our thinking is we've got to begin to see God in a different light. We've got to see God in a different perspective. We've got to see God in a different way. Because, because I was talking to Elder Hoskins, I said, Elder, I have a question for you. What is God doing right now? 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 Because in six days, in six days, amen, in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. But the Bible says that he rested from what? From all his work. What is God doing right now? I'm going through hell, Elder Hoskins. What is God doing right now? My finances are jacked up. What is God doing right now? There's sickness in my body. What is God doing right now? Because throughout all my life, all my life in Christ, there's always been conversation about knowing what God is doing right now. So what is God doing right now? When everybody's talking about me, I just got laid off from my job. What is God doing right now? Because I look at what God has said in his word. And then I think about the things that I'm going through. And what happens, it shakes my faith. So that those things I would normally move on, I don't move on because now my faith is shaken. So what I find myself doing is backing up, waiting on God to do something. Huh? Can I talk to anybody in here? Huh? Have you ever been dealing with something and you step out and get hit and step back? Huh? And then did you wait a little bit? You step out, get hit and step back. And then you say, God, you've got to do this thing. Or you've tried everything you know to try. And say, God, you got to do this. Why am I asking God to do something when he's already done? Why am I sitting here wasting my time asking God 
to do something on my behalf when the word said that he's already done. Obviously, I'm missing it somewhere. There's a connection that needs to take place that I'm not quite grasping. Because if the Bible says that God has done from all his works and he's now resting, what is he doing right now? I mean, I need some help with this thing. Amen. Because when I, it's easy for me to say I'm a finished work. It's easy for me to hear you tell me that I'm a finished work. It's even easy for me to read that I'm a finished work. But I can't help that when I look in the mirror and see where I am, the mirror does not stare back at me saying, you're a finished work. My bank account don't tell me everything's finished. Uh, how my kids act don't tell me everything is finished. What I have to go through on my job don't tell me everything is finished. So right now I need some help. Amen. Right now I need some help. Amen. I don't have a problem with hearing what God tells me I'm supposed to be. I don't have a problem with reading about what God tells me I'm supposed to be. But I do need some help if I'm going to realize what God says I'm supposed to be. Huh? I mean, we'll stand and say, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Amen. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I'm a lender and not the borrower. Amen. But that's not what that monthly draft tells me every... Huh? I'm a lender and not a borrower. We stand up and we say these things. But how do we realize those things in our lives? Obviously, there's a connection. There's a connection. What is God doing right now? Elder, he's speaking. He's speaking. That's all. He's speaking. He's speaking. His work is done. His work is done. His work is done. His work is done. You are a finished work. You are a finished work. So what is God doing? He's speaking. He's speaking. He's talking. He's not doing. He's talking. He's not doing. He's talking. He's not making new things. He's talking. He's not creating anything new. He's talking. He's talking. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? None of this on my notes. Who's he talking to? Who is he talking to? Who is God talking to? Who is he talking to? Because he's finished working. 
What's he talking about? What's he talking about? Who is he talking to? And what's he talking about? Because he has nothing else left to do. Who is he talking to? What's he talking about? Because he has nothing else left to do. Have you ever called somebody up? Child, what you doing? This, I'm, this is how women do. Men don't call and say, child, hey, bro, what's going on? What's up? Huh? Have you ever called somebody up? And immediately, what do you begin to talk about? What's the first thing you say? What you doing? If it's a man, man says nothing. <laughs> Chilling. <laughs> Just hanging out. Huh? What do you, but immediately, when you engage in conversation with someone, that conversation always has a meaning, doesn't it? Huh? If, if you call somebody or talk to somebody, there's always a reason behind your conversation. Sometimes it may just simply be just to reach out. Or if you want to give direction, you engage in conversation, in communication with someone. Amen? That's what you do. God is not doing anything, but we know he's speaking. Who is he talking to? What is he saying? Who is he talking to? What is he saying? The thing about God is God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. And the thing about being jealous, when it comes to being jealous, you're jealous about those things that are near and dear to your heart. And you're jealous about those things that belong to you. Amen? Amen. That is, that is the kind of God, that, 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 that is who we serve. God is a jealous God. And, and when it comes to, to who God is and what God is, one thing that we have to understand about God is God is omnipotent, amen? God is omnipresent, amen? God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is ever-present. And the thing about God being a jealous God and the fact that we are his creation, the thing that God wants to be told is how omnipotent he is, how omniscient he is, and how omnipresent he is. The reason that God created us the way he created us is so that we could come to know him as he is, as he is. So what God desires out of us is fellowship. God don't need us. God don't need us. We're not vital to what God has to do. We're not, we're, we're not crucial to what God has to do because he's already done. 
He's already finished with what he had to do. So if God has already finished with what he had to do, what he wants me to do is to listen to him and to fellowship with him so I can come to know him as he is. That's what God wants us to see. That's what he wants us to understand. That's what he wants us to realize. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6, Paul said that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Why? To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. By who? By the church. The manifold wisdom of God. According. Somebody say according. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith in him. So this is what Paul tells the church of Ephesus. He says that, that we're partakers of this promise in Christ. And, the re, and, and I am preaching this gospel among the Gentiles so that they can come to realize the unsearchable riches of Christ. In other words, you can't search for this thing. Why? And to make all men see... What is the fellowship of the mystery? Huh? It's, it's a mystery, amen, but there's fellowship in it. Amen, the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. And he created, who created all things in Jesus Christ. What, to the intent, somebody say intent. That means he, there, there, there was something that he was doing. All of this had a purpose behind him. To the intent, that now, somebody say now, now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known, and say might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, God is, has pre Paul preached to the Gentiles. Why? So that the Gentiles might come into fellowship with the mystery of God. That mystery that was hidden since when? Since the creation of the world. It was hidden in Christ. Why was it hidden in Christ? Because Christ was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And Christ was the means by which God would bring his creation back into fellowship with him. So Paul is teaching to the Gentiles so that, they might, so that they might come to know the principalities and powers. The principalities and power unto the principalities and powers 
in heavenly places might be known and understood by the church in the manifold wisdom of God. Why? According to something, an eternal purpose. According to an eternal purpose. Somebody say eternal purpose. Which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. There's an eternal purpose behind this thing. And, and, and the reason that Paul preached to the Gentiles was so that the Gentiles could come to understand the manifold wisdom of God. What is the manifold wisdom of God? The manifold wisdom of God is what God has said in his word. Every preceding word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. And he says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. By what? By faith. By faith in him. So who is God talking to? God is talking to the church. He's talking to the church. He is revealing. He is revealing. He is revealing the hidden mysteries through our fellowship with him. The hidden mysteries are being revealed to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, someone says spiritual power, how might be known by the church, by the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, see, let me paint this picture for you. In six days, God created everything. On the seventh day, he rested from his work. Now, everything was created in Christ. Amen? Huh? All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Amen? Everything has been made in Christ. Now, everything has been made in Christ. Amen? But there was a separation that took place. Now, what Christ did by being the lamb slain, from the foundation of the world was bring his creation back into fellowship with him. And in bringing the creation back into fellowship with him, it allowed God, it enabled God to now begin to speak again to his creation and his creation hear him. So who is God speaking to? He's now speaking again to his creation. Now, his creation is here. Well, what is God speaking? What is God speaking? God is speaking his word. He's speaking his word. He's speaking his word. He's speaking his word. Look, in Ephesians, chapter 4, it says he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? For the perfecting of the saints. Huh? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying, some would say building up, of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Some would say perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, who is God speaking through? God is speaking through his, his prophets, right? His, his, his apostles, his pastors, his evangelists, and his teachers. What is God speaking? God is speaking his word. 
isn't it? God, now, God is speaking his word. God is speaking his word. Huh? And, and, and what is his word? His word is his purpose, isn't it? That, is that not what his word is? His word is his purpose. God, God, does not, God is not just going to chit-chat with us, no. God is speaking according to his purposes. Now, this is what I began to think about. God is speaking his word. And what is his word? His word is his purpose. His word is his will. God is speaking to his word to already completed beings. Let me say it another way. God is, God is speaking his word, a word that works. God is speaking his word, a word that works to beings that are already finished. God is speaking his word. To us, but we're already finished. God is speaking His word to me, but I'm already finished. God is speaking His word to me, but I'm already finished. There's nothing else left. For me to become when God speaks to me. There's nothing else left for me to be when God speaks to me. So why is God, why is God speaking to me? If I'm already finished, have you ever finished with something? And typically, what do you do? You move on to something else until you finish something else, until you finish that thing and you move on to something else. The thing is, God is not speaking to us so we can be finished because we're already finished. We're done. That's not why God is speaking to us. God, there's nothing else left for God to do. There is... Get this, there's nothing else left for God to do when it comes to me because I'm already finished. But it's still necessary for God to speak to me because I'm not perfected. I'm finished. But I'm not perfected. Because Paul in Ephesians, he preached to the Gentiles so that they might understand the unsearchable mysteries of God that were hidden in Christ from the beginning. 
to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. There's a wisdom in God that exists beyond what you see, beyond what you hear, beyond what you can touch. And God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you so that you might come to realize that wisdom. And as you realize that wisdom, you come to understand more and more that you're a finished work. But God's aim is not that you be finished. His aim is that you be perfect. His aim is that you be perfect. That's why he gave some apostles and some pastors and some prophets and some evangelists and teachers because he knew although the body was finished, the body needed to be perfected. Although the body was finished, the body needed to be perfected. Where have you been finished? Where have you been finished? In the realm of God. You're finished in the realm of God. Is that right? You're finished in the realm of God. Where is the realm of God? Where is God's reality? It's in the spirit. You're finished in the spirit. Are you finished in the spirit? Raise your hand if you're finished in the spirit. I'm finished in the spirit. Yeah, God, God said, I'm, I'm in, in Christ, I'm finished in the spirit. So everything that God intended for me to be Everything that God intended for me to have, everywhere that God intended for me to go, has already taken place in the spirit. It's done. It's done. And why God is speaking to me now is as I hear what God is speaking and move according to his word, what happens is I begin to realize in the natural what God has already done in the spiritual. In other words, what God has done in the natural now becomes, man what God has already done in the spirit now becomes manifest in the natural. Amen? Amen. What is that? That is the union of what God has done in the spirit coming in line with my soul and being made manifest in the natural. That's perfection. That's perfection. When what God has said I am in the spirit now becomes manifest in the natural, 
then now the spirit and the natural are in sync. The spirit and the natural are in sync. And perfection has been accomplished. When what God has said I am in the spiritual now becomes manifest in the natural, now the spiritual and the natural are in sync. But the spiritual and the natural cannot become, cannot sync together until that thing becomes real in my heart and in my will and in my emotions. Amen. What's an, what's, what three is the number of what? Perfection. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. So regardless of what I'm going through, what I see right now is not always indicative of who I am in God. Where I am right now is not always indicative of who I am in God. So it matters that I always see myself as God sees me and understand that God is talking to me God is speaking to me and God is speaking his word to me. Why? So that I can realize what he's done in the spirit in the natural. That's what he's doing. Does everybody see that? But when we really get it, when we really get it, we begin to look at ourselves in a different light. We begin to talk differently. We begin to walk differently. We begin to think differently. We begin to respond differently. We begin to move differently. Amen? Our response to God it's critical if we are going to realize who God sees us as finished works. And that's a, that's a tough thing to do, isn't it? Is it not tough to see yourself differently? Is it not tough to see yourself differently? Is it hard? Not, is it not difficult to see your bank account overflowing when you're getting past due notices every day? Is it not difficult to see yourself healed when every morning it's a struggle to get out of bed? Is it not difficult to see your job situation changed when every time you turn around they're looking for a reason to write you up one more time? Is it not difficult 
to see things differently. Is it not difficult to deal with the things that God has spoken into your spirit? When what you hear and what you see are in direct contradiction to those things, is it not difficult to see your dreams coming true? How? Paul said, not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, he says, as many as be what? As many as be perfect. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Amen. That's what he, that's what he said. Amen. Romans chapter 4 verse 20. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for what? For righteousness. So I've got to understand in spite of those things that I see, in spite of those things that I hear, in spite of those difficulties, it is still possible for my dreams to come true. Amen. It is still possible for my dreams to come true if my dreams are the will of God. It is still possible for that vision that God has given me to come to pass. It is still possible for that vision that God has given me to come. It is, it is a possibility. No, it's not a possibility. It's a fact that I'm healed. It's a fact that I'm healed. It is a fact that I am healed. It is a fact that you are healed. I mean, it is a fact that you are prosperous. It is a fact that you are prosperous. It is a fact that you are prosperous. It is a fact that you are the lender and not the borrower. It is a fact that you are the lender and not the borrower. That's what God has said in his word. Amen, and, and, and that is a promise of God. Now, that is a promise of God. We have to be fully persuaded. We have to be fully persuaded that that's what God is going to do. Well, how is God going to do that? Amen, it's not a matter of it being what, how God is going to do it. It's a matter of God has already done it. Amen, see how easy it is? See how easy it is to, see, to, to speak in terms of what God is going to do. No, God has already done this thing. God has already done this thing. So what is God doing? God is speaking to me. 
What is God speaking to me? God is speaking his word back to me. Where is, where is God positioned? God is positioned strategically. Where? Where, where is God positioned strategically? He is positioned strategically what? Over his word. God is speaking over his word because God is not a liar. And the reason that God is speaking over his word is to make sure that what he's already done is being performed by his word. God is hovering over his word to make sure he's watching his word what to perform it he's watching his word to make sure that whatever he's already done is performed by his word amen so what does god do god sends his word and when god sends his word what does his god's word do god god's word performs what does God's word perform? God's word performs what has already been done. Well, how can you do something that's already been done? Amen. God's word is the link between the spiritual and the natural. God sends his word. And what God's word does is it performs what God has already done in the spiritual so that it's manifest in the natural. That's why God sent his word for the perfecting of the saints. So that we might become perfect. So in the midst of what we're facing, what is God doing? God sending his word. And his word is in direct relation to what God wants us to be. Or what God has already said we are. Who God has already made us to be. So when God sends his word, God is above his word, watching his word to perform it. Now, go back to Psalm 138 and I'm almost done. Psalm 138. Verse 8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. How many of you believe that? Huh? How many of you believe the Lord will perfect that which concerns you? Now, the B part of that verse says, thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. How long? Forever, thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Now, the first part, he said, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I believe it. The Lord is going to perfect me. Then he said, thy mercy, O Lord, endures how long? Forever. forever. Why is mercy? What is mercy? Huh? What is mercy? When you don't get what you deserve, right? Huh? Grace is... Um, uh-huh. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve, right? When your kids get in trouble, sometimes you feel like spanking them, sometimes you don't. When you don't, what you give them? Mercy. Huh? That mercy, oh, now he says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Then he says, that mercy, oh Lord, endures forever. Why? Because he knew in the midst, in the midst of what God has already done, he knew that there were going to be some times that he wasn't going to do Everything according to God's word. But in the midst of that, what did he say? Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. In other, in other words, 
as God is desiring us to be, as God is working us toward perfection, there are going to be some imperfect moments in our lives. There are going to be some imperfect moments in your life. Now, up until today, somebody say up until today. Up until today, those imperfect moments in our lives used to trip us up. Used to get us sidetracked. Used to get us off to the left, off to the right. Up until, somebody say up until today. Up until today, those, 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 those imperfect moments used to get us off course. Up until, somebody say up until today. Up until today, those imperfect moments used to make us second-guess God, whether or not God was going to do this thing for us or not. Say, up until today. Up until today, those imperfect moments were enough to make us discount what God said we were in his word. But the Bible says that we're a finished work. In other words, we're already done. It's, it's, it's finished. So up until today, I used to get tripped up and sidetracked. But now I understand that thy mercy, O oh Lord, endures forever. So it sends me all the way back to the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Amen. Now, what does he say in the sequel? He says, forsake not. Forsake not the works of thine hands. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Listen to this. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Now, the B clause, the B part of that verse, say, O Lord, thy mercies endure. How long? Thy mercies endure forever. Now, there's a a two-way street, two-way avenue in our relationship with God. Amen. There's God speaking to us and there's, there's us speaking to God, right? Amen. There's God doing, there are things that God has done for us and there are things that we have done for God. Amen. Amen. Now, in the midst of that, it's, it's, it's two part. Amen. The second part, he says, he said, oh Lord, thy mercy, oh Lord, endures forever. Amen. There are some instances where, where he's requesting the mercy of God. Amen. For those imperfect moments, right? Now, in the, ne- in the next part of that, he says, forsake not, forsake not the works of thine own hands. Now, I like, I like to look at this in terms of two different ways. Because there are some, have you, have you ever messed up so bad? I'm probably just talking to myself. Self? Have you ever, I can see my reflection, y'all. Boy, that gray hair is, 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 is thriving. <laughs> Have you ever messed up so bad? Huh? You know, we, we have what we call big mess, big, little mess ups, right? And big mess ups. Huh? Have you ever messed up so bad? Amen. That you said to yourself, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Better yet, maybe maybe this maybe this will help you a little bit more. Has somebody ever done you a little bad, and you said, "Oh, I forgive you"? And then has it, somebody ever done you a big bad, <laughs> and you said, "I wish I would"? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, can we talk? Yeah. Huh? 
have, have you has ever has, has has somebody ever stepped on your toe and said, "Oh, excuse me, okay, you all right, you all right," but let somebody walk up and steal you when you wasn't looking? Oh, that's different, huh? I'm just saying. I'm getting in trouble for that one. No, but but do you see you see what I'm saying now? Because here, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. There are things that we face. There are things that we face where we're aware of God's mercy. And we say, oh, Lord, thy mercy, oh, Lord, endures forever. Right? There are things, there are things that we face, things that we go through, and, and we see proper application of God's mercy. And then you get to forsake not the work of thine hands. These are those things. Have you ever heard somebody say, I miss my season? I miss my season. Or have you ever heard people talk about God's timing? When a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day in the sight of the Lord. See, he says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And then he says, oh Lord, thy mercy, thy mercy, oh Lord, endures forever. And he says, forsake not the work of thine hands, which is a finished work. Who is a finished work? We are. And he says, God will not forsake. In other words, God will never turn against the work of his hands. But have you ever told yourself, I'm, it's too late. I'm too old. Have you ever told yourself, I'm not educated enough? Or have you ever applied a reason to why the finished work that God has done has not been perfected in your life? God is not going to forsake the work of his hands. God is not going to forsake the work of his hands. God is not going to forsake the work of his hands. You are a finished work in him. Say, I am a finished work. I am a finished work in God. And because I am a finished work in God, I understand that at this particular time, God is speaking to me. And what is he speaking? He's speaking his word. That what he's performed 
and the spiritual might be made manifest in the natural. Why? Because I'm a finished work. And what accompanies that is the grace and mercy of God. And the fact that God is not going to forsake the finished work of his hands. So if God has finished you, then what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? What is stopping us from being that finished work? What is stopping us from being at that finished work? Our faith. Our faith. Believing that we are who God says we are. And we can have what God says we can have. Can y'all really get that? Believing that we are who God says we are. And we can have what God says we can have. Believing. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. He says, my little children, let us not love in word neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we then we have confidence toward God and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight chapter 5 verse 13 says these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Amen. So I understand. That my, I cannot allow my heart to condemn me. I cannot allow my heart to condemn me because then my heart becomes greater than God. Amen. And if my heart does not condemn me in the midst of all those things that grace covers, if my heart does not content, condemn me, then whatever I ask, I'm going to receive. Amen. Why? Because I'm keeping his commandments. Why am I keeping his commandments? Because he's continually speaking to me. 
And his word is being made alive in my life. Amen. And eventually what happens? I become a manifestation in the natural of what God has done in the spiritual. And it requires us taking our relationship with God seriously. And believing that when he speaks, he's speaking to us. Amen. And and it takes us knowing it takes us understanding and not just saying in words, saying with our mouths or with our tongues, but letting our deeds and our actions be a reflection of our faith. Letting our deeds and our actions be a reflection of our faith. And how does how do how do we get faith by hearing? Huh? And hearing what? Hearing God's word. Because God's plan is for me to become perfect in him. A a earthly manifestation of a spiritually completed work. God's desire is for you to become an earthly manifestation of a completed spiritual work. Amen. And it requires maturity on our part. And it requires confidence on our part that we have to believe that we are who God says we are. We have to know that we are who God says we are. How many of you believe that? Huh? Do you believe that you are who God says you are? Huh? So yeah, so our actions now begin need to need to line up. With the belief that we are who God says we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. That, that means that we can walk in love that because God says that we can, right? Huh? That we don't let offenses bother us. Why? Because that's what God says, right? Huh? So, so we walk in love. We're not easily offended. Huh? We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We begin to see ourselves in a different light. And when you begin to see yourself in a different light, you begin to talk in a different light. Amen. And before you know it, what happens is you become you begin to become a reflection of what God has done in the spirit. And that's when his glory is revealed. That's when his glory is revealed and people begin to stop and take notice of you. That's becoming that perfect church in Ephesians chapter 4. And ultimately, it equates to the building up of the body of Christ. The building up of the body of Christ. And this, and this, this is heavy, y'all. This is heavy. Because every day of our lives... There are some things that we face that we go through that we just accept. Amen? Amen. How many of us have things in our lives that we just accept? Hmm? We all we all do. Somebody say up until today. Up until today. Up and let's stand to our feet.